0: I'm Jenny Thomas. And I'm her friend, Ellie David. We decided to create a podcast that embodies what you would talk about with your closest friends.
1: So sit back and relax and put your headphones in
0: because you're listening to the Honestly Unfiltered podcast.
1: From the time she took her first breath, the paranormal world has surrounded Lauren Moss. Her earliest memory of interacting with the spirit of a deceased person was her grandfather, who passed away when she was four. In 1999, she took matters into her own hands and began learning, training, and controlling her abilities. While working in the paranormal field, Lauren volunteers her time with cold cases across the United States in order to help families get closure when they desperately need it. She also offers readings to the public, and began to teach other individuals about their gifts and abilities. Outside of the paranormal world, she has also become an internationally licensed watercolor artist and has had gallery showings across the United States. Over the course of her life, she's been involved in four paranormal teams and has run three of her own in various states. She is currently one of the three co-founders and the psychic medium for the In-Between Paranormal which was founded in March of 2022. The In Between Paranormal focuses on a national and international investigations, as well as promoting para-unity and support for the paranormal community. The team dedicates their time and charitable acts and volunteer work within the communities that they begin to investigate. Ellie and I had a great conversation with Lauren. We learned lots of great things, and we hope you enjoy this podcast. Hi, Lauren. How are you today? i good. How are you guys? Good. good. We're so happy to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm just so excited. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie has been waiting with bated breath. and I I am too. I have been yeah. too. I've been excited. How did you come into the paranormal normal world? Is Was it something you started picking up on as a child and then you clued in on it and learned how to like harness it?
2: Yes. But when I was starting to get into it, I didn't, I thought it was normal. And I thought everybody could do what I did.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, to be honest, the real first time that I knew that I was around a deceased person was my grandfather. And he died when I was about four, four and a half years old. And I knew he was dead. I watched him being carted out on the gurney from the funeral home. I understood we had the funeral, but about a week to two weeks after the funeral, he was back in his room, sitting on his bed, asking me to play ants in the pants with him.
1: (laughs) Did anybody, and you were obviously the only one that could, Yes. see him did anyone notice that you were speaking to him
2: well my dad heard me because I guess we were being loud I don't know <laughs> my dad came out from the garage and he witnessed me down on the ground the bucket was on the ground a good two feet away from me and I had just gone and I said grandpa it's your turn and he witnessed the yellow plastic ant um, form thingy fly into the bucket with no one touching it.
1: Mm. wow wow so, he,
2: he was a little creeped out at that but he didn't understand that I could see grandpa and he couldn't and he just kind of just walked off wow. <laughs> That's
1: really cool though <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 funny and the reason I asked you that is um it the gift for for better lack of a better word. Runs in my family. And my brother has it, but he's too afraid to develop it. And I've been told that I do as well. And I have this sixth sense of where I know what people are thinking and feeling. And even if I'm not with them, and it's something I've noticed in the last few years. And my son, I suspect he does as well because right after my grandfather died, when we lived in my mom lived in their house cause she was taking care of him. He would be playing and talking. And I'd say, Ashton, who are you talking to? What What are you doing? He said, Oh, I'm just talking to Poppy. And my mother and I would look at each other and we knew we just, we just didn't say anything. So I'm wait. I'm interested to see if like if years from now he develops that and knows it and understands it.
0: And I have a similar kind of vibe like Jen, Jenny, um, And it's same thing. It's the women in my family. No one has ever claimed to be a medium. Um, There was a lot of they're very religious, you know, especially, you know, on my grandmother, my maternal grandmother's side, my maternal grandmother is probably the most intuitive. But of course, and and it's, it's fine, however you want to look at it. She doesn't call herself a medium, but it's like a God linked intuition. But I feel I've had it Off and on throughout my life. I've never experienced spirit, like in Mm -hmm. seeing spirit, but I have had visits, especially in dreaming, um, that I really do believe there was something. something. Yeah, something there. But my youngest daughter, I call her my little witchy girl. Like she's like, I really believe that she feels it. She senses things all the time. So, yeah, I'm super intrigued about anyone's story that's been able to really tap into it and develop it.
1: My grandmother, we think it comes from my grandmother. She was born with the placenta over her head, which they called the a veil.
2: Or in the cull.
1: Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. So that's where they say it, it came from. But, um, so how yeah. did
0: you develop your, like, how did, at what um, age did you start going, okay, let me figure out how to actually tap into this?
2: Um, there was a lot of, stronger and worse paranormal experiences that occurred that made me feel like either I'm the spawn of Satan Mm. or there's something here that no one's talked to me about and my mother had my mother could have had the same gifts as me if she had developed them she only worked at seeing auras so she really didn't give me too much guidance on what I was and what I could do, what I needed to do to develop. So I had to go out and learn myself. Okay. And a lot of it's trial and error. And a lot of it was finding my own, um, boundaries within the spirit realm. What I was willing to put up with, not put up with, um, who I was willing to talk to and not talk to. Okay. Okay. And just playing games, pretty much playing games on developing the intuition, Um, driving a car, there's a car in front of you, try and guess which way they're going to turn Mm, and tune into it, Um, changing lights. See if you can tune into when the light's going to change. And I'm not I've, talking about the I've lights done that before.
0: <laughs> I yeah. can't believe you just said that. I thought I was a weirdo. <laughs> I know that uh, at the
1: blackjack table.
2: I, uh, <laughs> well. No, I have done that before. Horse races.
1: I'm just going to say horse races. Yeah,
2: there you
1: go. It wasn't blackjack. Actually, it was the roulette table my husband and I would walk by and I'd say, it's going to go black and it would. And he'd be like, we need to put a hundred dollars down. And I'd be like, well, wait, 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 wait. And I'd wait 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 wait. and sit there. On our honeymoon, we made so much money. And he was like, I'm like, okay, put a hundred on red. And boom, we read. And then, or the evens or the odds or something like that. Yeah.
0: I always thought it was my OCD when I would do things like that, if I'm being honest. But that's the first time I've heard that example, but I've heard other examples of things that people were trying to basically like exercise that muscle with.
2: Um so waiting for your phone to ring and guessing who's going to be on the other line. I have or all doing the time. It beforehand, maybe an hour beforehand, just guessing who the first call is going to be coming through. Mm. Song radio.
1: I know who it is when it texts me a lot of times.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's yeah. developing your intuition and picking up on claircognizance and clairvoyance.
0: Now do you feel like my, my theory has always been, I feel like we all have mm-hmm. these abilities. It's just some people can't tap into them for whatever reason or, or not willing to. Um, because for, for critics or skeptics that say, you know, uh, you know, fooey, it's, and there's, again, there's a lot of religious things tied into it sometimes. And me personally, and I, I am a person that is a believer in a higher power. I believe that that is given by that higher power. It's just, you know, that's how I view it. Um, but what do you say to people that, you know, say it's impossible or, um, you know, just question the abilities.
2: Um, number one, I do believe everybody has them. I, I believe that everybody can tap into them. Some are a little bit stronger than others. Um. But due to environmental circumstances, familial circumstances, uh, religious circumstances, they've been told that they shouldn't even go near those abilities because of different reasons. And so they're closed off or shut down. And sometimes those open back up later in life. Um, And I usually... Think about it as when those are starting to redevelop later in life, it's more like someone taking a two by four to you and saying, Hey, this is actually the path you do need to go down. Why don't Mm -hmm. you explore it? You'll be fine. Right. Right. But to skeptics, um, I don't really have to prove myself to anybody. Right. I don't feel the need to have (laughs) to go out and say, yeah, I can tell you your lotto numbers. Yeah. And and improve what I can do right on the spot. And that is a constant thing. Mm-hmm. Daily, almost hourly. If oh, I can, I can see that. Well,
0: and isn't there a big difference? Uh, well, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't there a difference, though, between a medium, a psychic medium, a psychic, like maybe explain for us, you know, what the differences are? Not everybody claims to know the future or um, know your LATO numbers, but they do experience spirit. So what's the differences?
2: Psychics are usually the ones that can either tune into future events or see um, future steps that you should take in life on certain individuals. And sometimes they can see past events. Okay. Um, which is also a really awesome ability to have Mm -hmm. because it gives a lot of clarification on certain things. Mediums are um, individuals that take it a step further. Yes, we can see future events and past events, but let's talk to so-and-so who was actually there. Right. Can we bring forward that spirit of that particular individual? (laughs) Or we can be the bridge between the living and the deceased if the living has a message they want to give to the deceased and vice versa. Okay. I'm a little bit different because I not only work with the living and the dead, I work with archangels. I work with, I work with a lot of different entities and I bridge. Sometimes I bridge between different entities because they can't communicate with each other because they're on different planes.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
2: And sometimes I bridge to the living that need to talk to, or want to talk to certain entities.
1: Interesting. Um, Yeah, I was, I, I saw uh, a medium in 2006, seven ish. It was after my grandmother passed away. I wanted to tap into her and my father. And her name is Peggy Meadow. I don't know if you know who she is. Mm -hmm. She, um, she explained it to me that when the soul departs. They go to certain levels yes. a, up of higher up, and sometimes they can get back, and sometimes they can't. And when we don't feel them, that they're further away, and sometimes they stay lower because they want to still be around their loved ones. Right, but yeah.
2: Um, the way that I try and explain it is: once, if the soul crosses over, because there are circumstances where they don't want to cross over. Mm-hmm. If they cross over. They are immediately um, given choices. They're given options as to what they would like to do. Some of them choose to not ever come back, not to reincarnate, not to deal with people, stay out of the human condition. I don't blame them at the current rate the world goes. <laughs> <laughs> Agree. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah, that's about enough of that.
2: Some of them want to become spirit guides. And so it, they kind of go through a training. My dad and my grandmother both are spirit guides, and they went through a training in order to become primary spirit guides. Okay. Some of them just want to come back. Um. So they get options, and they do stay at different levels, depending on, because there's a lot of lot more intricacy on the options, but they do stay at different levels. If they want to stay closer to the family, they usually opt for, I call it the retirement option, to where they can stay far enough away, but close enough to make sure they're protected. Okay. And not interfering too much in um, their regular schedules, their human lives. Those are usually ones that come through during dreams.
0: Okay. That's interesting.
2: Um, but there's like, once you p- cross over, there's a lot of things you can do. Free will does not stop once you're
1: deceased. That that leads me to a question. Do now I'm, you know, it's always the, con- the conception that when a soul crosses over, that they're happy to be on the other side. Does it ever happen a lot where, or do you believe that sometimes the soul went too early and is did not want to cross over and is not happy where they are.
2: Yes. Um, and sometimes they do fight to come back and those that do fight to come back, they can go back over whenever they want to. Once a soul crosses over, they're in spirit and they got that option. But these are usually the spirits that want to come back. They come back, but they don't go back over.
1: Okay. Hmm.
2: They are still trying to either finish some business up, um, stay close to the ones that they left. Um, now, here's another interesting thing: there are souls that die, people who die, that because of their own rel- own belief system, own um, say you're atheist and you die and you realize that okay there's a lot more on going on on the other side mm-hmm. than I'm willing to admit mm. sometimes those individuals will not cross over because mm. a they're either afraid of what's on the other side or b they're afraid to give in to the truth of what's happened
1: okay okay
2: there's tons of reasons
0: yeah What's your process when you're actually reading? I mean, because you talked earlier about boundaries and things like that. So I'm always curious. I'm like, is it never ending? I mean, are you ever not, you know, <laughs> hearing these, these yeah,
2: goals in your, well, your <laughs> mind? They are always around me going, hey, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Please talk to me. I need help. And it's tempting to help every single one. Um, but I'm still alive and I have to protect my own energy and I have to make sure that I'm rested and continuously helping individuals that drains you. Even yeah. when you have got all the protections in place, it drains you. Um, when I do a reading, I put certain boundaries with the living in place first I will not read for anyone who's had a death less than a year
0: Mm, Okay,
2: because I believe firmly that the living should be able to start going through some of the processes of grief and that the deceased person also has processes on the other side that they have to go through as well. And if they're both in a higher vibrational state in a year, then I will read for them because it makes the reading easy and everything translates 100% 100% better. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. So, with the deceased, I usually bring in two archangels and I call them my bouncers. <laughs> if I start reading for a person, then it's like the VIP line starts behind the deceased person I'm trying to get in tune with. And it can go on for infinity if I don't have my, boun- my bouncers there to say hey we're only focusing on this individual we're not focusing on anyone else
0: wow so is that like your spirit guide like I've heard that that term used too like your archangels is
2: that the archangels are not my spirit guides although I guess at this point with me working as long as I have with them yeah they kind of are Okay. Um, they're just there. To be able to get rid of lower vibrational energies, and entities. okay, um, they're the filters between who I should be talking to, who should be kicked back to the end of the line, and who shouldn't be talked to whatsoever by anyone.
1: Okay, that's yeah. So it protects you, right? Okay,
2: they're um, they're like my bouncers and bodyguards. Yeah. I love, I love I, that. I
1: love that. I do too, because I'm, I know there are a lot of, you know, you don't want to talk to Charles Manson or <laughs> yeah. anybody like that. I mean, no. Seriously. no.
0: <laughs> so, so, okay. You develop this, this gift. Um, did you start to, when did you start to pursue paranormal investigating?
2: Um, right about Ooh, I was 19. I was
1: 19. And
2: (laughs) they, um, the team that was in my community decided to bring in um, someone who had been on the first investigations for Mothman, Amy DeVille, and was pursued by the MIB. Okay. And he, I wasn't too fond of the team that brought him in but I did I was really fond of the individual that came to speak I was I looked at him as an older brother before he'd passed away um so he actually taught me a whole lot about yes you can use your abilities in the field but you also need to be using some scientific tools also Mm -hmm. and he and I got to the point where the scientific tools would validate me and I would validate the scientific tools. Interesting. Yeah. And um, that was right about the time that I started. Um, I was in the group on that team for just a little bit before I decided to break away and start my own. And um, the first one that I started was Lone Star Paranormal Investigations got married, had a kid, handed that off, and then started another one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, I, yeah, you know, Jenny said it's my wheelhouse. Well, let me tell you, I'm very new to this. I am 42 years old. I, I was one of those people that I never thought it was impossible for ghosts to be present or, you know, real. But it was just, eh, you know, whatever. It, I wasn't that interested in it. Um, and if I'm being honest, what brought me to starting to kind of pay attention to some of like the shows that I've seen and I watch on like discovery plus and travel channel and, you know, and my, my kids kind of make fun of me cause they, I have three daughters and they've all been into it for years and years, but I'm not into the, Ooh, I want to be scared. That's not at all what my shtick is. Honestly, like Jenny and I have talked about with mediums, mediums were always on my radar. And, and I, it's always so comforting, you know, to me to know that there's this evidence of an afterlife and that our our loved ones are close to us. And I kind of started to feel the same way about a lot of the paranormal stuff that I was watching. And it, and it's certain ones, again, it, it depends on their techniques right. for me. Um, I'm not about, you know, I don't know them standing around screaming, you know, <laughs> trying to anger, you know, or whatever, you know, I'm like, okay, that does not feel good at all. Yeah. But it, it really did, you know, in our podcast, we cover a lot of things, but we're, you know, mental health, mental health and overall wellness. It's actually helped my mental health, I have pretty bad anxiety Um, when I'm having a day like that, if I put on certain things and I've tried to start getting into some of the off the cuff, you know, um, YouTube stuff and, you know, different people like yourself, it gives me a lot of peace. Honestly, it's, it's, I know it sounds strange, but (laughs) it really does give me peace.
2: Um, yeah. So this team that, I helped form back in March last year. The one thing that we started off saying is we've been on teams that there were things that we saw that should not be done when you're dealing with um, investigations, private, residential, um, commercial, public commercial properties. So we looked at it and we said, okay, number one, how would the deceased like to be treated? Well, they would like to be treated like the living. Why don't we approach it from that respect? Well, how can we re- approach it from that? Why don't we not ask the same questions? What is your name?
1: When did you die?
2: <laughs> <laughs> or ask them like they're five year olds when you're talking to a 74 year old. Right. Why don't we ask them like things that would make them think that we're truly interested? I see there's a lot of books in here. What was your favorite book to read? Um, What was the most favorite type of music that you had that you liked? And that's usually when we play back and then I'll pull it on my, on my cell phone and play the music for them. Okay. Getting on the level of being friends instead of coming in there and making it feel like you're being cold to them, you're only doing this for research purposes. Mm-hmm. It changes the atmosphere. It yeah. makes it more homey, calm. Um, they're more willing to talk to you. Um, I'm sure. Children because a lot a lot of times when paranormal investigators go in, Some of us are really big and scary to children. So children don't really want to interact too much. So there's times on our team that we'll get the spirit boxes out and create this um, tag situation. Like, can you go tag Michael and make his spirit box boot? Right. And they'll go between three or four of us and they'll do that. And that changes the atmosphere and actually makes the adults around more comfortable because they see that you like kids you're willing to play with them Mm. they're going to be more willing to talk it's all about trying to make the spirits as comfortable as possible and not annoy them right yeah that that that's a huge thing too just because they don't know what time of day it is or um, the date itself or the month it doesn't mean that they don't deplete themselves of energy. It doesn't mean that they don't get bored of the same questions of the same activities of the same um, experiments that you're doing. They do the yeah. amount of exasperated size we've recorded from just trying, you know, what is your name? getting an exasperated sigh tells me that they're bored or they're <laughs> tired of doing
1: it.
0: like, ugh, here we go again, <laughs>
1: leave me alone. Are those souls that are stuck that are like say in the, in, in the houses and hauntings per se, not, quote loosely I'm saying that, but are, if there's a, a place that you're going to investigate because there's known spirits there, are they stuck on the side? Or do they want to be on the side? Um, Some of them are stuck. We've had several cases where they're stuck.
2: Some of them have been brought through by rituals. Mm. And warded into the house. So where they can't leave. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A a few locations out there that. Which that can happen with like
0: you know, Ouija boards, seances, things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um,
2: and at that point you can bring in not only ghosts or spirits, but other things too, that aren't as friendly. Right. Um, some of them are stuck between, um, the case that I worked on in February of last year, some of them are stuck because another spirit or another ghost in the house will not give up control of them. Wow. Hmm. Um, there's a place in Detroit where the father was extremely abusive. In fact, he killed three daughters within two days of each other. Oh. So he was not willing to allow them to cross over. Ugh. Period. Wow. So even after death, it, he was yeah. still... Right, and what happened with that case was the oldest daughter was tripped and pushed down the stairs, mm. died. She loved teddy bears, and we have a teddy bear, an old-looking um, Victorian teddy bear rim pod, and she loved it. And so she attached herself to that to try and get away. As so that would father, he had an energetic cord to her. And I didn't even think about it at the time, but I brought the teddy bear home. I brought her home with me. He also came home with me. Oh
1: no! Uh oh! Yes. The
2: whole night before he was petting me like I was. Oh my god! Objects whispering in my ear. Women are not good. He came through the spirit. Oh god! okay. Yeah, fun individual. Ooh. So me and,
0: and my- as. Not to cut you off, but tell us as a medium, is it different when something like that happens, where something attaches to you versus someone
2: that is not tapped into? It's different. Um, there's, well, I would say it's different. Like
0: more intense. I'm thinking
2: it's more intense. Um, that situation gave me a little bit of a ps uh, PTSD reaction. Mm-hmm. I have problems with people touching my hair now
1: because it's
2: automatic do not do that to me i cannot no it's it's a control issue it it's just it just feels wrong feels dirty feels wrong um so yeah it's stronger um so how
0: did you resolve that
2: well the first thing that we did was my best friend and i detached the little girl spirit from the teddy bear. And she was scared. She was really scared. And by the time we got her detached, he was already in my house. Mm. And he was holding her back.
1: Mm.
2: I know. Lovely individual.
1: <laughs> I guess that answers the question whether there's heaven or and hell. Because you know, we're always under the assumption that these bad people will go directly to hell. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: not automatically i almost wonder if
0: hell or what hell is even and and it's not even about whether or not you think there is a heaven or or hell but if there is i i'm starting to feel like it's the people that are stuck The, the being stuck in here is essentially hell like that's what it seems like
2: oh yeah but we got i got her separated from them i i had to use myself as bait but I got him separated from her, and my best friend was able to cross her over mm-hmm. while I was dealing with him. And that took about 72 hours to get him out of the house. How did, you get, of, how did you get rid of him? Multi-layer clearings and cleansings. Okay. Blue sage to basically exorcise him from the house. Wow. No. And, yeah.
0: Yeah. See, I would love to do an investigation at some point just to try to experience. But I am scared of that. I have have a little scared, like, ooh, I know there's things you're supposed to kind of do to, you know, protect yourself before, you know, but it is a little scary.
2: Well, the thing that we do on our team is we think about the before. And everybody has their own little rituals, own little prayers and practices that they can do. During, I'd say maybe halfway in the middle of the investigation, I do a mental health check on everybody to make sure everybody's okay. Um, If they're feeling okay, if they feel like themselves, if they're having intrusive thoughts, we try and get them out of the location for about five to 15 minutes with them a big bottle of water. Cause that's very good on clearing out your emotions. And then we do a cleansing on them and ground them. And if they want to come back in, they can come back in. If okay. they don't, I completely understand. Right. And then afterwards we do a massive clean, uh, cleansing with sage palo santo we cleanse our equipment we cleanse our cars anywhere a mouse can run basically we cleanse
1: yeah that makes sense yeah obviously yeah
2: so nothing follows home now things can sneak in we've had a couple of sneakers (laughs) sneakers are the ones that come after me (laughs) oh no you have stalkers (laughs) yeah yeah, Mansfield Fire Museum, there's a ghost there named Donnie, and he likes women. And he snuck in while I was trying to get rid of an entity. He just snuck in, and I didn't know he was there until I rolled over in the middle of the night. Heard a man on the side that my husband was not sleeping on. Oh, said, oh baby. Oh. oh. <laughs> he her, I was like, I'm going to be nice to you. I'm going to give you about eight hours warning. You have eight hours to remove yourself from the premises before I do. Right. <laughs> and he did. He did. Listen, it. buddy. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't follow home women. No. That's, no. A whole new level of
0: intrusive, disrespectful, <laughs> inappropriate.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. See, <laughs> see, this is why I'm scared to tap into it because. I just want to talk to my family members and friends that have passed over, but you get it all. You don't get to pick and choose. You really don't. Um, Can your archangels help you in those situations? Do they help you? Yes, they do. Yeah. Um, When I want to,
2: I think the last person that I tapped into was my mother-in-law. She passed away in October and I did help her cross over.
1: Okay. Hmm.
2: The house that my father in laws in, I haven't tapped into it completely or done a historical background search in it, on it, but there is something there, two actually, two things there. So when she comes in, these other two ghosts want to talk, like in the mail there is really pushy. So I have to put him in his place archangels <laughs> will come it. and say, "Hey, this is not your turn." And they will act like a fence and back them away while I get information from my mother-in-law if she's got something she wants to say or messages that she wants to give my husband or her husband. Um it they act like the boundaries. They separate wow the energies that I'm not really interested in talking to at the moment, please call back later (laughs) to the energies that I do want to talk to.
0: Okay. Now your team that you're currently a a part of, Mm -hmm. um, you have 11, there's 11 of you total.
2: There's 11 of us.
0: Okay. Something that I thought was really cool was how many women. Yes. You know,
2: lately accidental, but it's actually working out. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was really cool though. We get things done.
1: I bet. <laughs> I something I I be I am interested in is the past life um recognition that you do. Mm-hmm. Because I've been and I just happened to I was, you know, going through some of your stuff today, and I was like, oh, wow, she does that. Because I've said for a long time, I I really would like to know if I'm an old soul or a new soul. I, I think I'm an old soul because I feel connected to certain people and I have stronger connections, stronger connections than some than others. I'd like to know what the backstory is, where where I was before. But I don't know. Um, I never knew who to contact for that, like Is that opening Pandora's box or is that? Um,
2: It can be. Um, You can either find someone who reads the Akashic Records and those really that. I call it an outline of all your past lives. If you want to go down that road. What I do for readings with past lives is I find the past five or six lives that you've had that pertains to this life, why you're here, what you need to work on. Why you have certain phobias and anxieties towards certain situations? um, Why certain dates come into play in your life now, and what they meant in your past lives? But the way I do it is different. I start with your death, Mm -hmm. and then I build out from around it. Okay, the death, the the, um, the traumatic experience from the death helps me hook into your energy. And then I kind of just go exploring I and a meditation. mind. That is really cool. Now I can do that with touching people too. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. If, not, if I, if I knew, if I've known the person for a long period of time, it's okay to give them a hug. But if I've just met someone I refrain from, cause yeah. I don't want to know that you died by hanging in 16 something. Yeah. That's all I'm going to think about for the next five minutes. Right? Yeah. That mystery. Yeah. I yeah. I know you as a person.
1: Right. The person now. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. How
1: long does it take you to put all of that together on a person?
2: Around 48 hours, but that's because I do a meditation. I go, I write everything down, absolutely every single thing. And then I put it in a PDF because I'm not a reader that believes that a person can retain everything that they hear during an audio reading. I much rather be able to give you something to read all my notes, all the pictures. So that you can come back to it later and reread it and think about it. And it brings more accountability on my part for the information to give to you.
1: Right. That is good. That's good. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, that's how I approach all the readings, even with the um, mediumship readings. Yes, I can do an audio. But I'd much rather be able to give you that hard copy So you can either go back and have a memoriam. You have something to remember them and keep Mm. rereading it. Come back to me and say, here on this page, you said, um, she said this. Can you clarify that with her? And I can go back and clarify it. Right. It just keeps accountability on my part and it gives the client a lot of things to go back to reread. And the mm-hmm. um, mediumship readings, I usually do as a memoriam. Usually have the deceased person's photo on it in memory of their dates. That way they can also make copies of it for their family. Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. Yes. That is interesting. Um, do you... I'm I'm curious
0: cuz I know a lot of paranormal investigators it's not their day job. So is it your day job or do you have a day job and you
2: <laughs> running a team is a job in its own right. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Um my day job is the um mediumship readings and things like that. Okay. But to be honest with you, running a paranormal team is a full-time job outside of that.
0: From what I can see, I believe that. Yeah, oh yeah. Um it looks like so much I mean between the traveling cuz I don't know and maybe you can I mean, where are you guys based? How far do you travel? I mean, is it like a helpline type thing where it just depends on I mean, you stay close. It just, yeah, it looks like a lot.
2: It's a helpline, um, emails. Um, sometimes we can help them remotely. Cause I'm also one of these, teach a man to fish and they can feed themselves for a lifetime. Give a man to fish and they only eat for a day. I believe right. in teaching individuals if they have a situation that they themselves can take control of, I believe in teaching them the steps on how to control it themselves. And then I check in on them after a week to see how they're doing. Most of the time they're doing fine because they actually realize they had the power in the situation and not the entities around them. Right. But yeah. Um our team is spread out right now. I think we may have one on the west coast and one on the east coast. We're mainly in um the Midwest at this current. Place. Okay. We are working on getting more team members across the United States because I don't want to keep dragging the same team members over and over when they've got other family commitments. Our team family comes first. Um, if there's an investigation, yes, we know it's fine. You guys all want to go. But if you have a family obligation, by all means, family obligation. Because dead aren't really going to go anywhere, (laughs) (laughs) and as I said, you're still living and you need to live your life too.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, That makes sense.
2: Our travel, we try and keep our travels central. Well, last year we kept it central to where we are. This year we're going east coast, west coast, south, north, you name it, and we've been invited to go. Great Britain. And we've got several, several teams that want to collaborate over in the UK and internationally.
0: Interesting.
2: Yeah,
1: that's interesting. It is.
0: What do you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know, what do you think? Or do do any of you have a goal of reaching that? You know, I want to call it Hollywood, but whatever these, these teams that end up getting into TV and actually being filmed and getting shows. And what do you think? I mean, cause I don't see, like, when I look at some of the things you're doing, it's just as good and just as intriguing as you know what I mean? So it's like, it's kind of like us with our podcasts, you know, you kind of, you never know what's going to strike gold and get people's attention. Right. Um,
2: that's so not, I'm just curious. That's not really our and, goal. and goal. it's not um, what we would like to see is we would like to see the paranormal community come more together. And okay. Of insulting each other and being horrible and nasty. One of the tenets of our team is we're coming in and we want pair unity. We want to collaborate with another team. We want to learn from another team. If they want to learn from us, That's great too. We want to have that networking, give and take relationship. And sometimes they become extended family members. Mm. We want to just build trust. We want to make sure that we can, um, with our international teams, they have the support that they need. If they have audio that they don't have time to go through, shoot us the links. We'll go through it for you. We'll give you all the notes. And that stuff is yours. We're not gonna claim that's our evidence. It's not. Hmm. So has
0: it been pretty competitive in the past? You know, like that's what I'm hearing from you anyway. Like oh yeah.
2: It's competitive and there's a lot of egos that are vying to be um the next up-and-comer in Hollywood, the next haunted mm. museum owner, the next um ghost hunter that has the biggest television show mm-hmm. when the community the field itself doesn't really need to be that way we're all on the same team technically and we're all, yeah. all trying to get the same result. is there a life after death is there something more i right. can say that but you know there's got to be everybody else needs to be on board to try and get that evidence too it's not yeah who can put out the best YouTube video.
0: Right. But it does seem like, you know, there's, there's the ability to like, you're telling us right now, make a living Mm -hmm. at doing this. And frankly, I had no idea. There's actual degrees (laughs) that you can get from universities to aid you in some of this too. I had no, I I had no idea.
2: You can, but the best way to get in the field and to actually get your degree is to get in there and get experience and be taught by, um, an actual paranormal investigator.
0: Oh yeah. I would imagine this is very hands-on learning. (laughs) There's
2: a lot of people who get those degrees and say they're paranormal investigators that do not go out in the field at all.
0: Yeah. No, that doesn't count.
2: (laughs) Um, the best college degree out there is if you can find a university that has a course in or a degree in parapsychology.
0: That's I think what I'm referencing.
2: Parapsychology yeah. is a fantastic to, a degree to have in the field and you can actually make money as a parapsychologist.
0: Listen, I'm only 42. I mean, this is this <laughs> is looking
2: very intriguing to me, okay?
0: I mean, I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah (laughs) it is intriguing i mean i don't know i just and i like your perspective with you know just you know kind of coming together and the unity that's needed and sharing and helping each other and well we need a lot more of that everywhere but yeah Mm -hmm.
2: yeah um and you're more than welcome to come out with us you guys at any point (laughs) we've got I, I know Ellie
1: would love to. I don't know
0: if I've sold Jenny yet, but
1: <laughs> I would go for for support and at, at a pure intrigue. But I'd be afraid of bringing someone home. But I'm sure I know you would make sure that we didn't. Yes, <laughs> you would be. Sick. Well, if I'm if I'm being honest, the other part to this, and
0: Jenny and I both agree, um, that's intriguing to us. We both are history buffs, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite things to do and I've been doing this since I was young. It's the old lady in me, I swear. I'm an old soul too, but I would, and I would take my kids and my kids always enjoyed it, but like anywhere I can find like a historical home that you can actually go inside Mm -hmm. like a museum type deal, you know, anything, anything I can find, will we go? And I'm always like kind of trying to have some heightened awareness, but again, my youngest daughter, she has really had some experiences in those situations. Um, we went to Savannah, two years ago, which I absolutely fell in love. with. You- um, but she had like a really intense experience. And I have talked to her even about, at some point, maybe we need to explore some of that, you know, to to make sure that she understands what's happening. But yeah, I the history part of it alone. That's the kind of I think that's the kind of thing I would like to start with if I ever did it was go somewhere historical
2: and do that kind
0: of thing. And then, you know, there's a little,
2: there's a little, I won't say it's little, it's huge. Um, there's a house in Galleon, Ohio, named the Gill House. I part of think it. you would love it. Would. you would we've had experiences with henry ford and thomas edison
0: oh wow oh wow we're very ford close to, to
2: come.
0: i i i live very close to fort myers where the edison museum and and the homes and everything are there and my husband and i went there not that long ago same thing
1: i'm like walking around like are you here come on <laughs> like, i'm open i swear We have, we also have the Don Cesar Hotel in St. Petersburg. And I stayed there a couple of months ago for a work meeting for the weekend. And I felt so uneasy when I was there that we were supposed to stay Friday night and Saturday night. I left, we left Saturday night after our dinner we had to go to. I didn't stay the second night.
2: You probably were followed
1: through that hotel. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. They say that this i think the this history behind it is basically two lost lovers um you know the the, the the guy made it for the girl who he was in love with and um her parents forbid them to be together and then she ended up dying but it was also a an, a, a military hospital in during the world war so there's that too yeah
2: because i kept when you were saying that i kept saying male presence there's a male presence mm-hmm. that was following you mm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> <So
1: creepy.
0: laughs> they like oh, you jenny
1: oh. i know i won't be going there again <laughs> no let's no go, girls go. Weekends <laughs> there no girls weekends there
0: <laughs> i'm i'm open i've got to i think the coolest historical place i've been so far was um the biltmore oh. i that was just a couple years ago of course it's like you know To investigate somewhere like that, I what is your maybe that's a good question. What is your like ultimate like dream investigation location?
2: Oh, Lord, there's too many places for. Um, I, I, I I would ultimately say Musham Castle in Austria, but that's because of past life, mm. and I would investigate it from the perspective as. Do you guys remember me at all? What was my name when I died here? Well. Wow. That that would be my ultimate place, but our bucket list keeps growing.
0: I bet. Well, and America's so young mm-hmm. that I'm I'm sure well, we have tons of, you know, paranormal hotspots. I or that's what I've been seeing anyway. Um, but yeah, I can imagine that overseas in European countries and, you know, different places. It's just incredible.
2: America. And I've had this, I've heard this comment probably six or seven times in the past two weeks. America seems to have more paranormal incidents than other countries, but I don't think that's true. I think think it's because yes, America is young. Yes, we haven't lived with our ghosts and spirits for as long as most European countries have. I think most European countries have just settled into, um, oh, there was a bang in the kitchen. Oh, that's probably a ghost. You know, they're used. To yeah, it. they've been dealing with ghosts for hundreds of years, and they have some really cool historical ghosts. Oh, yeah, they do seem more relaxed about it. Right. Not as, like, scared. Right. And and that's, part of it is because America is young. Secondly, not everything you see on TV is how an investigation goes. I will admit there's been times that we've had dead quiet. Nothing. I can't even right them out. They're just in the back saying we're on break. Coffee signs up, you know. <laughs> check back with us later. And honestly, it's not really anything to be scared of. You just have to get in there with the mindset that, yes, I'm going to hear bangs. I'm going to hear probably groans. There's probably going to be cold spots, Um, potential seeing shadows. You just have to get into that mindset and just go in there calm, cool and relaxed. We've even tried doing um, stand-up comedy, which was totally, really bad. But we've tried doing that to coax them to give us more answers, and they already knew the punchlines to a lot of jokes. (laughs) Roast the ghosts. Exactly. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Well, I know we've taken up an hour of your time, so we're going to let you go. Um, but thank you so much for coming on and I'm going to be contacting you privately okay. about some stuff okay. and I'm sure Ellie will as well. And we'll definitely also recommend you to our family and friends. All
2: right. Thank you guys Absolutely. for letting me come on.
1: Thank you for being here. We're, we really appreciate it. We were really excited about it. Yes.
0: Okay. All right. Thank you, you. have an
1: open invitation to come back anytime as well. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you, Lord. Bye.